brother versus brother. The long-awaited matchup that we have been looking for since issue one of X-Force. You think? Since issue one? At least that's what Ben Percy says. It's been there since issue one of X-Force. Okay. It's here. Welcome to the X-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. talking about comics hey we're talking about comics it's a little later than normal we had a weekend and are trying to catch up and stay but also we had the 200th episode if you right. didn't know yeah that came out wanted to give you know ample time for that to shine you have to have space right all right is it cool so yeah what i'll ask that later you gotta give the rundown first okay Today we've got four comics to talk about, one digi, three tangies. Our digi is X-Men Unlimited number 112. Our tangies are X-Force number 46, Uncanny Spider-Man number 3, and X-Men Red number 17. Wow, wow, wee, wah. Mm-hmm. Wow, those are two, three great comics. Three great comics. Yeah. Four, I mean, four if you count Unlimited. That was solid, too. Yeah. Just a handful of good goodness. And before all that, a handful of news items. News, 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 news items. <laughs> the original X-Men are on a multiversal mission from the Phoenix. So original X-Men number one. This is a mini series that's coming out in December that was previewed recently with a, an announcement of a cover the 05 sitting on the front your face is like wait what i just do we have to have another 05 so, story so many people how are you this jaded already <laughs> like, i just feel so like so many people are in the same camp okay right? well, and they're like why are we continuing to tell stories about the 05 when like we got all these other people yeah that's the thing like i'm so jaded because i've been reading x-men comics for three years and yet the same five mutants always seem to be at the forefront of every single freaking story you know they were first yeah they were first but there are so many mutants all right you know that's that's true but it's happening (laughs) (laughs) they're going back to that well and they're mixing it up again the old five Never really, I mean, other than, so maybe this connects to their future knowledge, they otherwise would not have any interactions with the Phoenix. Right. So this is kind of an interesting twist. If you want to look for something to shake out that's positive, your face is ultimate frown. Just, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Oh, five. Greg Land. You don't even, you're not even upset by Greg Land yet. It doesn't matter who the team is. No, it doesn't. Well, yeah, it kind of does. Everybody hates Greg Land. Well, that's I'm I don't know Greg Land, so I'm not gonna be throwing shade towards Greg Land. I just want some, like, I get it. I get the like we have to have the legend stories for those diehard fans to get them back into comics. But like, what about the fans of all of the mutants who just don't get the spotlight? What about something new? I mean, it's all new. The three comics that we have this week are all new. That's all new stuff. I shall not comment any further. All right. Tell me more news. Covers from Krakoa's Last Stand. Something new ending, as we are aware. These two covers that came out last week. So it's Lorna at the front of Mm. what looks like nowhere, being a baddie, right? Nowhere and a lot of conversation. I think we talked about it in our Patreon episode. Just the side-by-side with that page from X-Men 
the green woman leading a, a big rock of some kind. Yes, yes. Who she, is that lady on the rock? What are you talking about, a lady? I see me holding hands with another lady. Forge, you ah, silly Forge. guy. Forge. And Rasputin. Right? Rasputin. The, the badass ladies of the future. Yeah, I love them. I'm here for them. I, I'm really excited about Polaris's green Magneto costume. Yeah, my cosplay closet is also really excited about sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. Have you already started making the helmet? Or no. You're just gonna take the one that you made for me that was too big and paint, paint it, green? it? No, no, no. I'll do. I still have the template, so I'll just make another one. But oh, yeah. Maybe all make two. of that comes further down the line as uh, surgery is right around the corner. That's true. Firestar on X-Men Unlimited highlighting the tie-in to the fall of X. Mm. So she's making a jump from the pages of X-Men to the digital pages of X-Men Unlimited and the top of your news items to just let you know, hey, this we're still we're tying it in. We really want you to check out X-Men Unlimited on Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, they're important. They're important now. They're making them more and more important each week. Kind of crazy. Two articles giving us some history, little history lessons. We have Mutant Kind's history with Latveria. Ah, yes. We got to get those articles read so we know what the heck's going on. What's Latveria? That's where Doom lives. Right, right. And all the interactions that the mutants know Doom from. And also Captain Marvel's history with the X-Men, which oh, I think was intrigue. really interesting to show. I wonder why they would put something like that out. Questions. I don't know. <laughs> Questions. Who knows? MCU news. We had uh, the, the end of Loki. That was the, yes. the season finale came out this week. No and spoilers. We're no not spoilers. giving spoilers. No, no. And the Marvels premiere. We've seen both. I it was amongst Marvel fans at Disc Golf the other day and... Counted myself to be the most marvelous of the Marvel fans because marvelous. I, I had immediately seen both the finale to Loki and the Marvels, and neither of them had seen either of those things. I had what two people yesterday. I was wearing my Loki sweatshirt, and I had two people say, "Oh, I really like that show. I haven't watched the second season at all." And I was like, "I don't know how to. I can't." Um, so you liked it or you, you hated it? Watch it immediately. What, what I can't. I I don't know. How to talk to you. <laughs> I mean, you, I don't, know when, I don't know when we get to a point where we can talk about it, but we don't really talk about MCU stuff. You were on the fence about the end. I was on the fence about the end, but I think it was because of the the pacing and the like intensity of the second to last episode. The And then this like hype, like, oh, the last episode is going to be an hour long. And the way that it happened, it felt a lot shorter because of time time right because of time but i will say that i have you know seen a million things posted on the internet and some like sort of references to where loki is as a character at the end of the series versus where he started out in the beginning of the mcu and it is growing on me and i think i need to watch the episode again and i did like it it's just more i think it comes from more of a place of like i wonder what happens next for loki or how loki is involved in the mcu going forward with how this ending is and i think maybe i just have Fear that he I just have sour biscuits about that because he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's the idea that they can't 
They can't be there forever. Yes, they can. They can move on. Well, they're and, the O5. Bring them back. You know, they'll be in a multiversal story years from now, and you'll hate it as well. No. Anyway. Yes. Watch Loki. It was great. Also, and, go and watch the, the Marvels. Marvels. It was I fun. love the Marvels. Yeah, it was fun. It was good. It just in, increased my love for Kamala. Yeah, like, she was definitely the MVP Yes, in my mind. I thought it was a solid sequel to all three of the properties leading into it, mm-hmm. or at least all three of the character stories leading into it, whether or not you have caught up in that. You know, Andy asked me, what do I got to watch of the shows so I can watch the Marvels? I gave him a list. You know, it's, it's a short list. <laughs> if you it's want a list, I'll give you a list. A couple episodes of WandaVision and Miss Marvel. And, you know, he had seen Captain Marvel, but Tim was like, maybe you should rewatch that. Andy disagreed. He was like, I, I don't need to rewatch Andy that. doesn't rewatch. No, I thought that the movie was really great and it did a nice job of like having action, having comedy, telling a story, but not being like too heady or too like oh my god this is this changes life as we know it like it did but it didn't like you know i don't know it was just fun i saw someone post something about how it felt more like a comic it felt related to like how a comic storytelling would be and i was like that's a great that's a, that's yeah, a good thing yeah that's great and that i feel that mm. it's hard to talk about a movie and not give spoilers right right, right. i have thoughts about adding not really like a segment but like a hey we do something and then we talk about it to the episode okay you have to be more specific than that (laughs) i'm springing it on her it's inspired by our 200th episode that we just released and because of the fact that left to my own devices i don't open my figures oh geez we could open the next figure in the odd wave Ah. and just include that in the conversation plus he's relevant to this week's episode okay as quentin choir i'm not gonna be able to do that every week but as quentin choir is here hey maybe i have one other wave to pick through but let me ask you something what how are you gonna handle like am i gonna open them all no i'm opening this okay that's how i'm gonna handle it i'm gonna handle it by having it be handled i was like (laughs) how are you gonna be okay with continuously letting me open your figures i mean that's a great point uh, I need to be honest that I was having a hard time letting you open three in a row uh, <laughs> during the 200th episode. But Especially same, Scott. Scott. I mean, Scott is not a favorite mutant. I okay. talk him up. He's he's an important mutant, important to the community of mutants, to the culture of Xavier's dream. But as like a, he's not breaking the top 10. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. Where is he on your list? I Not on there. He's not on the <laughs> list at all? No. Is Quentin Quire on the list? No. No. I mean, like, <laughs> that was a, that was definitive. Like, that, Quentin that is no. fine, but, like, if I'm thinking of, like, which mutants do I love, he's not coming up. Oh. You can open, you can open the Chad body. ASMR. Does it just sound, like, static? Chad body. I like that his belt is off-centered but i'm making it centered because i feel like it's supposed to be centered maybe not what are your thoughts on look at those look at that spine yeah that's pretty cool that's interesting detailing what are your thoughts on assembling the build a figure as you go or assembling it at the end once you have all the pieces like what what would you do i know it's like a weird question because you don't have 
the background experience doing it as I do. I would just wait till the end and assemble it all together. Good. Good answer. That's what I do. Boom. Good answer. <laughs> That's Good answer. That's what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else you got over there? What are your little side accessories? Oh, we got like a psychic, gun. psychic gun. gun. It's got some extra hands. And his new Kid Omega outfit from that episode, that issue what, a couple months ago year or so ago probably at this point of all the people to make into like a Krakoan era mutant this is a weird choice i'm gonna be honest yeah for sure uh, especially like with this costume who knows how long this costume is gonna stay you know well and they made a figure of it so hopefully it'll stay for a little while i don't know i look at this and i'm like i i would have preferred the original quentin choir look i don't know what that even is it's rebellious or well it depends on how original is it like schoolboy at grant morrison's version of the xavier institute or is it rebel at xavier's riot at xavier's more punk rock kind of guy these glasses are cool the glasses are cool it's just it's it's a very it's a small snapshot of quentin choir's publication history i would have much rather preferred exodus or destiny well, you don't get what you want. You get what the people in Marvel Legends decide. Okay. Sorry. Tell me your personal news. <laughs> What's my personal news? My personal news is I'm having surgery in two days, and I'm starting to freak out about it. That's my personal news. <laughs> I mean, two days out, and you're only starting now? Uh, I just, the more and more I think about my inability to do anything, like how I'm just going to be, I was talking to, so my friend Lindsay had the same surgery a few years ago, and she also um, is now a PTA, physical therapy assistant. She just graduated and started working in the field, and uh, her and I were talking today. She was working an event with me. And she was, like, asking me about my setup and, and everything. And I was saying, oh, well, I have stairs, so I have to go up the stairs. And uh, she was like, well, how are you going to do that? Did they did you do crutch training? Did they train you on how to walk up and down the stairs on your crutches? And I was like, no, they told me to butt scoot. And she was really mad about yeah. that. She was like, what do you mean? What, what is butt scoot? She was like, when you scoot on your butt, when you get to the top of the stairs, you still have to stand up. And she was like, and when you have like pain meds and like you're, or you're in pain, like it's a lot. I was like, I practiced with my crutches up and down the stairs. And she was like, no, like that doesn't matter. She was very upset about it. Good. And I mean, essentially said like, you know, I have this idea in my mind because we just got this new couch. I was like, maybe I can come downstairs and like sit on the couch and not have to be upstairs. And she was like, no, you're going to be upstairs. You're not going down the stairs unless you have to. And she's like, I'm coming over after work on Thursday and I'm going to show you how to use your crutches properly on the stairs because this is an outrage. And I was like, okay, Lindsay. <laughs> so. When's she coming? What, Thursday. This? Oh, this Thursday? Okay. Yeah. So so <laughs> you'll be upstairs for those days. She, pre she pretty much said to me like, it's going to be unlikely that you can you can really use the stairs except to go to physical therapy for like the whole first week at least. And I know I knew that, but just thinking in my mind that I'm going to be like stuck upstairs for a full week is like a couple days, right? Because don't you have uh, it's I, a couple days? I have physical therapy on Friday, but she also said that the third day is the worst day for the pain. So you know it's fine. I'm just 
a person who likes to go, go, go and do things. And I just feel like it's going to be, I know I can do it and I have a really great support system and, and I'm very happy to be, you know, moving on to the next phase of my recovery and all of those things. But I also know that it's going to be a, it's going to be a difficult four to six months. And I think I've known that for a while, but you know, the fact that it's coming up is just, is a little daunting to me. And I look around and I'm like, oh, I want, I wanted to do that. And I wanted to do that. And I wanted to do that. And there's like not a lot of time to do anything anymore. <laughs> so but there will be on the other side. Yes. So that's it. That's my personal news. What about you? Well, I don't have surgery, so. No. That's, uh, it can't be mine. We, we never talked about Rhode Island Comic Con. I mean, we kind of did a little bit in the 200th episode, but we got to meet a bunch of the animated series voice casts. Yes, we did. I got this epic VHS box framed with Wolverine's claws going through it, and all of the cast, or a good majority of the cast that we talked to, all signed it. Yes, yes. And they were super excited about it visually, and just they were like, what is this? How, how did you do that? Did you do this? No, I just bought it. <laughs> we oh. bought it from a um, little shop called The Jolly Roger, um, so if you look them up on Instagram, they're the Jolly Roger, and they make different, uh, different nerdy knickknacks. I Jolly call Roger it. Co. I'll call it nerdy yeah. knickknacks. Yep. And they were super nice, and they were super excited, and they were like, "Can can can you bring it back after you get it signed and yeah, show us?" He wanted us? it back. He totally in his face. He was like, "I should have uh, done this." I he I was very I wish jealous. I had made a second one and brought it with me and taken that idea. Dylan was like, "You should." You should just see how much he wants to buy it back for. And I was like, absolutely not. No. We're not selling Sorry. it back. You can make another one. Come back next year. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Rhode Island Comic Con was fun. And I got to hang out with the droids. And I love them so. And then one of them started playing the X-Men theme song. And I lost my mind. And that was really fun. Mm-hmm. So overall, we only went for the one day. We We kind of had to squeeze it in. But we did it. And we got to go with Dylan and have a big X-Men animated series party. The other thing I was going to say is I've just been still getting more and more into Dungeons and Dragons and it's concerning. <laughs> it's concerning for my other interests and how I just spend entirely too much time looking over the books and coming up with stuff and um I'm I don't know, like nervous but like I'm anticipating the upcoming session which I will DM and there's a lot in that. I it's going to be great. It's, it's like this new world lives in my mind and I have a bunch of stuff down. I'm, I'm not like, I'm not scared. I'm not like looking for reassurance. I'm, not, I'm just, oh, I don't need you to tell me it's going to be fun. my feelings. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. It's just, it's like this world now lives in my brain. And every time I go back to it, I try and further a little bit or I add a new character or I, I flesh out some component and uh, try not to like write the story that y'all will experience but more create the world in which you will play it right because you don't know what we're gonna do right it's not my story to write it's yours uh, to uh, deal with uh, the situations i've come up with a handful of things of what they could do what you i'm sure it's gonna be great you know i don't know i've only played so many times we'll see but that's the beauty of it it's like it's a small family group just messing around you know Uh, my brother He's a mean guy sometimes, especially with. <laughs> but you already pre- you already are, preempted and said don't be don't be mean. We are frothers. <laughs> frothers. Frothers. What's frothers? It's, it's it's an inside thing. It's like 
friendly brothers, but also frenemies. It's like uh, frenemies, but brothers. Okay. Brothers. <laughs> You've never heard brothers? We grumble it to each other all the time. No, it just sounds like you say brothers when you do that. And then when we do like the opposite arm hold. You say frothers? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got a poll. There's three comics in the poll. X-Force, mm. X-Men Red, Uncanny Spider-Man. Who won? X-Men Red. Wow. What a great guess. What was the percentage? Mm-hmm. It was... 64. 66. Ooh. Solid. Two questions for the generalness Ooh. of the world. Whoa, you're not going to tell us who was second and who was third? Nope. <laughs> who was second, Alicia? You tell us. Uh, Uncanny Spider-Man? Yeah, not by much, though. 20% for Uncanny Spider-Man and 14 for X-Force. Mm. People came out for that final Colossus adventure. All right. I don't know if that's the final Colossus Adventure. We'll get into Yeah, that. yeah. Calm down. Calm down. Two general questions, if I can go there now. Yes, that... you can, <laughs> now that you've completed the poll. Captain 2 Michael wants to know, what one-two punch mutant combo would you make? He suggests Dazzler and Subwoofer. Their powers would work so well together. Or, like, would they cancel each other out? I don't know, because, like, one turns sound to light, the other turns light to sound. Would they just be, like, this vortex of like i've always seen banshee and dazzler team up in really cool mm. ways uh there was that one shot in house of x that just kind of like lights up everywhere mm-hmm. because of i think it was siren not banshee but still and i always go to my chimera way back when season one <laughs> forge and multiple man just the big brains to do and create any ideas and the multiple hands to get it done Obviously, I would sneak in Exodus if I'm making oh, my Chimera. obviously. Obviously, if I'm making a Chimera. It's a one-two punch, one, Justin. One-two-three, a little uppercut action at no, the no, end. No, 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 no. You don't know, get that. Float like a butterfly. Ay, ay, ay. Who do you think? I don't know. I feel like I want to include Danny in this. And I'm trying to think, like, who would be a good compliment to Danny's powers. Be cool to pair Danny with a reality warper of sorts. So I mean Right, that's what can... I was trying to think. So she could like put them somewhere in their mind and then this other person could like add other elements. Basically amp up what she is able to identify as their greatest fear or their greatest desire. Which she can manifest in some instances, but to have it like fully come to life would be kind of interesting. Mm. Yeah. Unsure unsure some of those sometimes those like i i love those questions right but like when i don't have time to think about them beforehand and like you get to and then i don't i always feel like oh my answers are stupid because i didn't think about this beforehand it's not your fault it's the nature of our show but like you know yeah yeah, yeah. they're not they're, they're not always answers i can come up with in the moment and feel good about so i'm unsure of the answer that's fair you can do that. Bruce 33 pointing out that Emma makes an appearance in Thanos number one as part of the new Illuminati, that post that I ah. shared a number of months ago, now in printed form, replacing Charles in that position. Ah, she wondering should. if we picked it up, but we didn't. We didn't. And we'll see. But I'm happy to know that Emma's replaced Charles. Yeah. At I least somewhere. And and honestly, I don't feel compelled to uh, pick it up, you know? 
Mm-hmm. I like, uh, I think Christopher Cantwell is the writer for that Thanos miniseries. I like his work and I like Thanos and I'll read it on Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You ready to talk about X-Men Unlimited? All right. X-Men Unlimited, number 112. Firestar, lighten it up and kind of feeling her new position. Yeah, it's essentially this journey that Firestar is on, right? Acknowledging that she's in it alone and that she doesn't really have anyone else. And then we also have the lingering idea that some members of Orcus are not so keen on having her around anymore. So she's being reassigned to the narrative pedal of Orcus. With another mutant who, you know, they don't even trust. Right. I, I like the a side whisper from Stasis. He's like, you know, Celine, Shaw, you... We trust you guys. You saw right. the downfall. You switched to our side right at the most opportune time. Judas, he's been a jerk all the time. Right. So we're unsure about him. We don't know if we can actually trust what he's up to or if he's going to backstab us and control the narrative. And then Judas says, okay, well, you know what we're going to use you for here, Firestar, is you're going to get this other mutant and you're going to take him down. And it happens to be some dude I've never heard of before. Justice. Who happens to be Firestar's ex-teammate and ex-fiance. Justice. Yeah. So that's awkward for her. That's definitely awkward for her, but a great storyline for her to have this kind of conflicting relationship with someone who means a lot to her and has been a part of her history and who mutant fans in general have been like hey what's up with justice in this whole i think we got a couple of those answers of where is this person you know Mm. sad news for lila cheney oh yeah but i thought it was i i'm really enjoying seeing firestar's kind of journey and her perspective on this whole thing because it's true she is completely isolated like what's she gonna do like hang out and like hang out at night with the orcas peeps like no she probably goes and sits in a room by herself because she doesn't really actually want to be there so getting to see her perspective on what it's like to be the spy you know to be the double agent and how that the sense of urgency and that like people are People are starting to question it. Orcus is starting to feel like she shouldn't be around anymore. And like, how does how does that all play out? We shall see as nothing's fair in love and culture war. Next issue written by Steve Fox and Steve Orlando. Art by Guillermo Sana. Colors Java Tartaglia. Letters Travis Lanham. VCs Travis Lanham. Steve and Steve, the ultimate duo. The Steves. The Steves. Steve and Steve, you know, they, they even do their own editor's notes. Yeah. Because who needs an editor when you got two writers? Steve and Steve. Steve Fox does do some editing work, which oh, I think that's is interesting. Cool. Yeah. Learned about him in a bunch of different ways. We have a couple questions for X-Men Unlimited. Ooh. We don't normally because I, <laughs> largely I, I put it in the question box thing because I needed something to cover up the poll results <laughs> and I couldn't finagle and I was playing disc golf and I had... Two percent better, and I didn't want to muck around, so I just said, "All right, let's go, let's do it." Blonde China is living for this series. Glad they're spotlighting Firestar and showing more Orcus, and I mm-hmm. agree on both counts, right? Firestar getting this story to do something of importance, to have this elevated to something that feels like it's actually a part of the line, and also to flesh out Orcus, which I think you know, I've been revisiting a lot of the early days of this run in the X Men and how just they were this huge big thing in Hawkspox and like the first couple issues and then it just kind of disappeared until issue 20 when Nimrod Yeah, I mean, I remember the days when we were like, what's Orcus up to? 
When's Orcus coming back? You know, they've been planning this for a while. What are those guys doing in the background? They've just been planning mining Blightswill, apparently. Mm -hmm. Teeing up literally every bad guy that they could. Rufio Connor isn't super familiar with Justice, but he's been wanting to see him in the X-World for a while. Why do I get the feeling this new arc could have been giant size X-Men Firestar, though? Uh, Which, I mean, like, yo, <laughs> Michael, Michael, you're speaking my language. You know exactly in the same way that giant size X-Men Sunfire should have been Red Roots story and, and could have been great. Uh, I, you know, I got to hand it to Marvel. They're trying to just trying to get you to go to X-Men Unlimited. Yeah, they want you. This is why it's that's exactly why it's all about getting you to go to X-Men Unlimited and Marvel Unlimited in general, which we mm-hmm. love. On to the Tangies. The Tangies. The first Tangie. X-Force, a tale of two brothers. 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 <laughs> oh, how are you feeling about that cover? Oh, oh you it. love it. It's so, like, it's been out for a while, so I've had it in my mind, but it just, it feels like poetry. Yes. It's tragic. I give that. Long overdue, but, you know, it's, it, I... I would disagree with all the things I had said previously about Ben not being able to stick landings and then say that, no, this felt like it came to a good conclusion with the way that it built up, built up over the last couple of issues. Mm. Like it wasn't just, if it was just this issue, then no, like, like this was a full arc to close out Mikhail's story. And I thought that that was well done. Yes, I agree. Shall we? Page turn noise. <laughs> Also, like, great for him standing up for himself against Mikhail and actually being the guy that was like, hey, no, I'm fighting you. I'm not just going to let you control me again. Right. Well, you have this tragic moment of, you know, brother trying to connect to brother, and then you see Colossus let Mikhail's hand go, and he said, you were using me. No, yeah, you used me the entire time. You want to talk about this whole, like, we have a connection. We're thicker than thieves, you know, Right. Blood is better than jeans. You think you can just come over while you're I'm coming over while you're dying and you think you can manipulate me even further? Not happening, bro. Not happening. He's unable to do what needs to be done. That's not the right way. And Mikhail goes for him again. All Mikhail's, right. Mikhail's yeah, not gonna, happy. He's gonna just double down. The fact that he praises Beast and his approach right. as he dies, it's like, okay, we get it. Beast is the only one with any sense He's of you the only, all. Yeah, all right. Just keep on gaslighting everyone as you try to manipulate them even further. And he goes after it. Yeah. He's just like, oh, okay, well, you don't you don't want to be on my side? Okay, then I'll kill you. I'll kill you. All right. And they just, they they begin to battle it out, which takes us to our title page. Clash of Titans. A Tale of Two Brothers, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Robert Gill, colors Guru EFX, letters Joe Caramagna. VCs Joe Caramagna. Daniel Acuna on that cover. Love Daniel's covers. The Void is going to collapse. Thanks, Doctor Strange. But, you know, get in there, figure it out. Do the thing. Sage, Domino, best of luck. Best of luck. You got three people to save. I do like this picture. This page, the way that it slices into their individual stories, all with the boxes everywhere mm-hmm. of this world held the together world by Mikhail. Starting to fall apart. They're starting to realize it. Domino and Sage jump in. Meanwhile, Colossus and Mikhail are still battling it out. And we get to see each individual moment. Sage to Omega Red. Hey, man, sorry it took us so long. We're I, here. I love their working partnership. The fact that this is developed over the last couple of arcs, the... 
the way that she cares for him and mm-hmm. knows that, you know, the darkness inside of him can be beneficial if channeled in the right way. And I don't want to say used in the right way because right. it is something that he deals with as part of a, a character flaw, you might say. Um, but when refocused and channeled can really be of appropriate use as he is going to repay the pain in kind. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, that, that last panel of him and his face and his grit teeth. Yes, it's very epic. Domino joining in with Wolverine. Yes, and I love the uh, let's slash and burn. Yeah. Like, you know, the two of them, okay, we don't have a lot of time. We got to get out of here. So let's, you know. This note from Laura about there being no sunrise and sunset. How long have I been here? Right. Months, Domino right. says. At least X weeks, right? Right. You know? Got to be. And then some because of all the work that they've been doing since that break from the Hellfire Gala, right? We, we had the Hellfire Gala. We had X weeks later. And then we've had everything that's happened since. The fallout of public opinion, the... Orcus camps everywhere. No, this is it calls into question her tip to Logan in last issue of X Men. The fact that she was saying about there's some mutants and he'd said I got a I got a tip from Kinney. Like what, what, time time is crazy. When is oh, it happening? I don't remember that. When, when does she get boots on the ground? It's a it's a literally a throwaway line of dialogue in last week's X Men. Oh geez, that I uh, focused on intently. Well, you know. That's that's good that you can remember those things. That's why we keep you around, Justin. Boom. I have value. Uh, well, ugh, stop it. You have more value than that. I, just... I don't need this. I'm just making a joke. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have so much value. Oh, geez. Louise. Return of the nesting dolls. Oh, God. Watch ah, out. I hate Little men inside, little men inside, little men. You How kill many? one, pop, and the next one comes out. It gets pop, so small. The next one comes out. What's going to happen? Oh, where's one going to go? Just jump down Domino's throat. Not yet, but yeah. First... Mikhail needs to re-show that he has all this power, all this flex. Yes, look at me. I can shape this boulder and I can drop it on you, brother. Some references to some of his original appearances in the X-Men universe where... So his story is that he was trapped in an alternate dimension and Mm. alternate reality for a long time. And that's why he... I was alone whose future was stolen from him and you were the one who was adored and heralded. I mean, that's not Colossus's fault. Right. Right. You were on a space mission. You did some crazy stuff. It I went, was being a hero. Your mutant power was activated and it was unfortunate. And then they saved you and you still couldn't hang. Yeah. Yeah. And then you manipulate someone else. He's just a bad man. He's a bad man. Bad, bad man, Mikhail. You're a bad man. Data page revealing the inner workings of the writer's mind. You know, is this is this Ben Percy trying to be like, hey, I don't do interviews because yeah, I'm not it, gonna tell you. It reveals too much of the inner workings, and I've heard similar things from Jerry about like how the more talking about the thing dilutes what the thing actually is. Well, right? I really liked the comparison to it's like a magician showing you the sure, magic or right. a comedian telling you why a joke is funny like i can give you insight into the world in a certain degree but the more that i explain it to you the less that it stands it on its stands own. on its own right and i think it's, what's also interesting is you know one thing i always say that i love so much about dance and choreography is that there's this idea that i know what it is when I choreograph it and then I give it to the dancers and I give them some information, but I don't necessarily tell them everything because I want to see what the movement or the story means to them and how they interpret it. And then they then 
in turn perform it a certain way and then the audience watches it and every single person watching it in the audience can take a different thing away from it so if a writer like if the artist of a work tells you what to feel and what you should be getting out of it then it takes away like your personal connection and your personal experience and i think that that's what makes storytelling so wonderful you know is this idea that everybody finds their own connections in it and makes their own inferences from it so if I tell you what it's supposed to be, then it loses the magic of what it is to you. Right. Versus allowing people to find it for themselves and make that discovery or not. Mm-hmm. Or, or see something new that the writer didn't intend. But it's not Ben Percy. It's the Chronicler. It's the Chronicler. He's just scared because everything is collapsing around him and he's got a gun to his head. He's reflecting. Yeah. How right? did I get here? Junwei is not hanging is not happy to be where she is and wants to kill this man as they fall into the Quentin Choir area of this gulag. Who are you? Are you rescuing me? Do I need to rescue you? I feel like that was a... And it made me think it later on when Deadpool comes in and he's like, I thought you needed a Han Solo type rescue. Like, the whole, am I rescuing you or are you rescuing me, feels like Luke and Leia in mm-hmm. the first Star Wars movie. And she basically rescues him even though he goes there to rescue her. I yes. think it's kind of funny. But these never-ending assassins trying to choke Domino as they get smaller and smaller. And Deadpool, then one goes into her yeah, throat. And Deadpool making moves, showing up. And, and literally, like you could just read these pages by looking at the art because the dialogue provided gives you nothing other than a fun little tale of Deadpool goosing Doctor Strange. That's what Deadpool is. It's a fun sure. little tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Nonsense words and cool art. And and gadgets that blow up. Mm-hmm. Throwing knives, throwing stars that slash you in the face. I just kind of like that he was like, I know I said I was done with X-Force, but like, psych, I'm not. I'm here. Oh, man. Piotr's struggle here, like the tears in his eyes as Mikhail talks down to his brother again. Piotr like realizes he must do what he doesn't want to do if he's right. ever going to free himself. And the only way to do that is to literally rip his brother's heart out of his chest punch through his chest with his metal form and rip his beating heart out oh my god if it wasn't such a huge spoiler i would have posted this panel already yeah because it's so beautiful yeah and thus destroying the reality in which they are all trapped leading them to dr strange who i don't think was expecting quite so many people to fall from the sky yeah, into is, the sanctum this is a lot minute is a lot more people than went in but yeah. he pulls the psychic ripcord and they all safely come back to the sanctum sanctorum and then there they all are domino talking about colossus's fate and he is accepting what happens yes what's, what's going to happen to him he's he's very much in under the you know he's saying listen i know what i did was wrong stuff went down whether or not i fully knew i was doing it that's is what it is but it's not up to me to decide it's up to you all and i accept whatever it is that you Give me as my punishment. You know, I think it makes sense to talk about here because Vaynerito points out that 
Piotr got a real raw deal in this, in that he is going to take the responsibility of what Mikhail did to him as the Chronicler gets to just go retire in France. Like, the Chronicler was equally manipulated and used by Mikhail and actually did damage right. to Piotr. So right. he, was, he was in the same way held captive by the mutant puppet master mm-hmm. and then did the puppeting himself if anyone should also be awaiting trial or what's to right, happen. Right, on probation. Right. I think the difference is that the chronicler is aiming to just sort of like go away and not use his mutant power and, and just live a normal life where Colossus would want to continue to be on the X-Men team. So there's like this idea of like, all right, both of you can just go on and live your lives, but Colossus, if you're going to be trusted with like being on this team, because he's not, he's on like a probationary period. It's more like, I feel like, yes, I completely agree that the Chronicler should be held just as accountable, if not more accountable than Piotr should. But this idea that I think the probationary period is more like, we just want to make sure there's no other kind of influence in you still, or that like none of that was of your own will. So we're going to kind of keep an eye on you for a little while less than like he's actively being punished yeah it just felt like he got off scot-free and colossus didn't right and accepts I agree. that but i agree yeah i just thought that was interesting i also I- wonder how much of what like how much of that this team knows right like how much of the how much of the chronicler's influence do they know that like do they know that the chronicler is what influenced colossus is he not telling them that information? I would imagine or do they just think that he on, was held captive? I would imagine based on this last data page that they know his abilities based on like them wanting to recruit him into their work. And right, especially right. You know, to your point of he wants to go live this human life of seclusion, essentially not really up to him, especially when Orcus is around and capturing and experimenting on mutants. And well, imagine if they harnessed his power. Imagine if they were able to use that for their own devices. Right, but Orcus is just in America and he's going to France. Now, sure. I know, but... Yeah. Other shoe. Dropping. It's his life. You know, if he doesn't want to fight for the cause. It's just like the guy in Alpha Flight, like, who just wants to go back and live his life. You know, he doesn't want to be a part of this. Whether What happens to him in that, obviously, it's like we can't be responsible for what happens to you if they come for you. But at the same time, we shouldn't be forcing you to be in on the front lines if you don't want to. What do you think? Big picture. I, I enjoyed it. I was happy to see my Deadpool yeah. popping in. I liked the individual, you know, like character moments, how everybody's dealing with the escape and, you know, where they're going next and... I thought the final, regardless of the outcome with how X-Force handled things with Colossus, I think the final battle between Mikhail and Colossus was really great and had some really good character moments and some deep dive story things for the two of them to just like kind of go back and forth and work it all out. Yeah. No, it was, I thought it was a satisfying end to this long time coming, right? I thought Colossus's struggle with it throughout the issue felt real to his character in the same way that... Mikhail already back on his crap really felt true to him. Uh, it, the end of it felt like getting the gang all back together, ushering us to however many issues we have left, which I think is kind of sad to recognize. But this is one of the big threats that Percy was weaving and now has closed out. I'm sorry, this is a little bit of a tangent question, but what was the title that you gave us at the beginning? 
Tale of Two Brothers. No, no, no. The uh, 005 title? The original X-Men? Is it this, the original X-Men? Yeah. Okay. The ad at the... So for a second, I thought that you were saying in the beginning that like it was another 05 story, and that's why I was so mad, because I was like, didn't we just get an announcement for... No, it was, it was that with preview art. Okay. Because I was like, didn't we already get an announcement for an 05 story? Why are we getting another one? Understood. Still not thrilled about it, but whatever. It's not as bad as I thought. The Krakoan for X-Force is the greenhouse. Blanchine, I thought they ended the story nicely. Kind of felt like, uh, oh, it's done with that. Finally. LOL. <laughs> you know, it, it was like, a, okay, we're there. We've got there. Right, right. We've been waiting for it this. It felt like, a, like okay, it, it ends now. That yep. makes sense. Bruce 33 thinks the X-Force team feels like a family in a way the X-Men team hasn't in a while, which mm. I think is really interesting. Like They've had this opportunity to really share their scars and bond together over the trauma that they've gone through. Well, isn't X-Force like the longest standing team yeah. of yeah, the, the Krakoan the, age? The longest standing title. But like there are other titles, like even though X-Men has had, you know, iterations and restarts or whatever, like... There hasn't been any other set team. Like the Marauders went through variations. The, you know, X-Men went through variations. The Council went through variations. Sure. Like, I mean, this team has gone through variations. Right, in the sense right. That team members have disappeared or joined on. Deadpool, Omega Red, mm-hmm. Colossus, and is shifting. Yeah, from, yeah, you're you know, right, you're right. You're it's right. not the original start team, but it is the longest running core team. Mm-hmm. Definitely the longest running title in the line. Bruce also hopes that after the fall of X that they explore what mutant diaspora is like instead of having people go back to the mansion, which I thought was really interesting, right? So to have them not with a homeland, mm-hmm. not with like a set area of strength, but how individual groups would fight and rebel against the world around them that fears and hates them. Yeah, I would agree. I'd be I'd be very interested in that. Comic Extracts bringing up a cool idea in how would this story be different if magic was a part of the Mikhail and Piotr mm. dilemma? Like if her being involved would have taken it a different way. I think, you know, I'm, I'm glad that they did not manipulate magic in this way. I yeah. feel like, and interesting how she was kind of going through a similar arc where her powers were stripped away versus her agency. Right. Completely. I think that... I have I don't remember too much of Mikhail and Ilyana's relationship on page. So I, I would honestly be intrigued by that to see yeah. how they would relate to each other. It's interesting because I feel like Mikhail's the oldest of the three, yep. right? So I wonder if they don't really have a relationship because of what their original age difference would have been much more than right, magic to what Mikhail. it is now. Because right. she started out even younger. Sure, than yeah. Piotr than she is in this instance. Piotr remembers Mikhail before he went out to, into right. his space mission, but does Ilyana when she's right. that little blonde girl was getting hit by a tractor. <laughs> Giant size X-Men number one. Vaderino uh, mentioned that raw deal that Piotr got and thinks that, you know, Chronicle should be on parole as well. And I think I think he should at least be in questioning. You know, I, I think the fact that he just gets to go off and do whatever he wants doesn't sit right. I agree. The Pikachu wonders what kind of story we would like to see Colossus have next now that Percy has ended his massive arc for him. 
It's interesting because I, my my gut is obviously I want a story where Colossus can actually do something that Colossus wants to do. I feel like first and foremost that needs to be mm-hmm. like his own free will happy right. story. He can be a hero in some way, redeem from this this thing, and potentially help others who have been under the sway of someone. I think that that could be kind of an interesting arc. Or you know, is is he done with it? Is, is he done with this struggle and is he just trying to go and do his own thing? Yeah, I mean, honestly, mixed feelings because I would love to have Colossus like get some redemption and, and take some time for himself but then be the hero that he wants to be. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, but Colossus just had this giant arc so I'd honestly be okay if someone else got a story. Sure. You know? But that wasn't even Colossus's arc, right? I mean, it was because he was the, the, the pawn at which... Everyone was playing around, and it spanned a lot of different issues mm-hmm. and a lot of different titles popping up in Immortal and just throughout the line itself in Inferno. But, yeah. Good question. Good question. Rufio O'Connor was hit with the Piotr vs. Mikhail and thought that the ending was really good, too. Great emotional writing right there, and I'd agree. I thought that you know just them having dealt with all this baggage they were carrying for so long— and to have it out in this way, I thought it was really good. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It was a very in-depth conversation. You know, like it felt it felt like there was a lot of history there. Yeah. It had heart to it. Right. Raigai said this issue rules. Piotr literally ripping his brother's heart out. Epic rescue moment with the clutch Deadpool lines, which is great. The Chronicler retires to France. You know, it, it, the fact that we get a beast mention and... He's not, it's a hot take on Mikhail's path yeah. of saying that he's actually the one that gets it right. Uh, one wonders if Beast could return with some epic plan to save the mutants. Could he ever be forgiven for his transgressions? <laughs> uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to be forgiven. Not at least forgiven by me. In this house, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, honestly, the only way, and uh, we were talking about it in something else. I was talking about it with Evan and... We do have that Avengers backup, that Avengers era backup of Beast. It's the only one that was left on the the computer when he erased everything. Basically, his way out to just go back to simpler times. Yeah, but that doesn't forgive the Beast of this time. Well, sure, it just but that's that a becomes a new Beast. That's a different guy, right? Right. It's... I'm not holding this timelines or this iterations trans against a resurrected version that comes from before that ever started but there's nothing that this beast could do that would be like oh yes redemption in my mind great on to uncanny spider-man number three yes they're fake fighting on this cover they're not fake fighting i don't know there's the fights are real the fights are real when the helmet's on it's one thing when the helmet's off i mean even though she doesn't have her helmet but she's in her uniform that's the like they, they are they are snuggling midair is what oh, it is. Oh, God. There's, it gets intense in this issue. All right. Page turn noise. <laughs> I'm just looking out for my blue buddy. Incident report. We're talking about something that we didn't see. Like, who was, the heck is this dude? He's a deviant from the Eternals, and he is mind-controlled, as you can tell by that little red crystal that Nightcrawler bamps in and slices off. And this is part of the concern, is that the narrative of these kind of glowing red items on the foreheads of these outrages. The fact that the the Sentinels are already there before 
the creature makes landfall ready to to do something the ridiculousness of this conversation that nimrod and tombs are having about what happened i think is kind of funny yeah it's interesting i mean i think the whole like jumping into something that i had no idea what was going on it did take me a minute at the beginning i kind of started reading this and i was like "Uh oh here's the situation i have no idea what's happening i don't know who this character is i don't know who's talking but i'm just gonna stick with it and then three pages later you figure it all out yeah we get we got there we got there we're having this conversation nightcrawlers bamfing around saving the day he's having fun i love that problem i love that I mean, you know, it is, it is a problem as we. And that's know. Nimrod's problem with it. I mean, sure. I'm talking more. It's a problem in that he's avoiding dealing with the trauma and tragedy of that course. is all around him. Yes. And is just kind of like, yeah, swashbuckling. This is who I've always been on the inside when I neglect my feelings. Mm-hmm. The fact that he is like having pirate lingo as he Indeed. fights these guys is so great. Winning the hearts and minds of everyone. And Nimrod and Vulture are talking about the cost and inability to finish the job that Silver Sable's men are hired for. Yes, yeah. The team is not really fulfilling. And, and Vulture's pretty much like, well, I had to use them because I had this other thing cooking, but this other thing wasn't ready yet. Yeah, and you so... guys wanted to push results. So I sent these guys in just because. And, you know, th- listen. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. In these pages, Here it comes. I already knew. I knew too. As soon as Nimrod was like, you know, that little thing you've been working on, the armor that you're wearing, the bloop, bloop, bloops, I, I was lo- like, how you dare you use my warlock yeah. like that? And I, I remember I said that a couple of shows ago. I said, Vulture looks an awful lot like warlock technology. I mean, like it's, it's the technarchy, right? It's all part of the circuitry that he is now learning from because he has the bits that were embedded in Nimrod. And to be able to, I love this interaction between Tombs and Nimrod where do not make the mistake of believing that because you wear the skin of an angel, you may make demands of a god. Mm -hmm. Like that is, you have new gods now, Mm -hmm. but back in your face. Nimrod is 100% in charge in this situation, regardless of what you think about your little creation, Tombs. Right. I'm the honcho calling the shots. Right. He even even mentions about Sable's team, like, they are only human, you you know? Like, you can't trust humans. I'm kind of throwing that right back in your face, sir, because you are human. Yeah. Which uh... takes us to our title page. Better the Devil. Superpositional. Written by Size Barrier. Art by Javier Pina. Colors Matt Miller. Letters Joe Caramagna. This is Joe Caramagna. Tony Daniel and Sonia Obak on the cover. Javier Pina is not normally the artist on this title. Mm. But happy to have him in filling in. Hopefully Lee comes back on the next issue. Indeed. The Heroes of Simcaria. Silver Sable International, kind of some background information on who these people are to their homeland and how it represents this great organization that does a lot of good for the people. Yeah, you know what really irks me about this data page is they're talking about how what they did was fight Nazis and now they're working for a bunch of Nazis. Yep, yep. So maybe they need to reflect a little bit on who they're getting their contracts from. You know, that's uh, Money Talks. They have loose morals, a.k.a. no morals. Well, it seems like they stemmed from having morals, so they should probably reevaluate where they're getting their contracts from. Maybe. You know, history 
will tell us in the end. But there's no time for that data page anymore because we've got sex on the rooftop. That, I mean, that's a beautiful page. It's it's like incredibly... It's funny. So this makes me think of something that I read in Tom Brugort's newsletter mm-hmm. today. And about how the target audience for comics has shifted over the last decade, two decades. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's no longer the teenagers that were the people collecting, that are the people collecting. It's more targeted towards people in their 30s mm-hmm. who are nostalgic for these characters, these times, and wanting more of an elevated medium from what comics, what they always thought comics could be, mm-hmm. should be. And I think that's interesting to think about how we're reading these comics and we're, we're hoping for more than just a, a superhero beat up We want real relationships. We want adult dilemmas. We want these things. Mm-hmm. But, but the flip side of that is like, where does the teenager reader go and are they gumming are they still reading comics at the ferocity you know what i and i i know you're bringing that up because of this like silhouette sex image yep but that is nothing compared to the hyper sexualization of women in like 80s comics well sure so if you're like I'm just coming at it from the perspective of like if a teenager reads this, like think also about the all of the media in our day and age. Like sex is much more prominent in so media in general. And so it doesn't feel as like, oh, a teen shouldn't read this. So it's less about the sex itself. It's more about the depth of relationship that they're going through or or like the, the complex themes that are being brought into the comics that were likely not in that same comic 20 years ago no. when I was a teenager buying comics at that time. Right, but also think about like the TV shows that you watched when like that we watched when we were a teenager and this like wholesome family feel whereas like teens now are watching all the same shows that we watch. They're watching things on Netflix, they're watching things on HBO, they're watching all of the they're watching Game of Thrones. Like, you know, they're they're watching those things. So that's yes, it does it is an interesting perspective on the target audience, but I also think that media in general is just, it's just different now. It's just different. They, they, them kids be exposed to many, many things that we were never exposed to in our lifetime. Is that the teenager's fault or is that the media's fault? I don't think it's anybody's fault. I mean, I think it's the media's fault. I think it's the, the content is out there and it's easily accessible. It's a lot easier to watch anything you want when everything's streaming and you know, everything's right there. Yeah. Anyway, they bone it on the rooftop. Yes. And they get into this deep conversation, getting into it. Nightcrawler's like, do you ever just want to maybe murder me while we're doing it? And the details that she has about how she would or could, I think it's crazy and definitely would freak me out more than it seems to freak him out. <laughs> He's like, wait, wait, what? Uh, have you, you have the ability to do that? No, off the clock and on the clock. How fortunate for you and the clock. That's... But I I do think it's interesting that, you know, she brings it up to her team too. Like she's like, it's time for us to rest, right? right. Like she tells them. So this idea that like. It was part of their culture. That's it, yeah. I think it's in the data page too right. about how like, no, we are, we are contracted for a degree, but we are not always on the job. Right. But I think sleeping with your mark is not that's definitely a line it's a line uh, in professionalism that is you know yeah could this be more than just fun Uh, it doesn't seem like it kurt sorry well but they're gonna sing this lila cheney song together yeah which is really great 
a really high point before the deep sadness about what happened to Lila and the fact that a sentinel snapped her because they Yikes. targeted teleporters. And Nightcrawler being one feels something about that. Mm-hmm. The little bamp coming in with the rut row, I think, is a, a call to the fact that, you know, you should feel something about this. Mm-hmm. Sadness. And also the fact that the little bamf is the reason that Nightcrawler can't be detected. Yeah, we, we talked about that, I think, in the first issue. We don't understand how or why, but... And then even the point that Orcus is thinking, is it something connected to Legion, mm. which I think some people have brought up in the past issues. We don't know. Right. But there is a connection to these points at this ability to hide. But then, oops, you brought up your mom. I'm supposed to be somewhere. Sorry, gotta go. Gotta go. I'll find you tomorrow, not if I find you first. The most fun data page of the week. Some Lila Cheney lyrics. The full song. You can sing it. You can have fun. Our feels out of... No. <laughs> no. All right. Nightcrawler, coming back. Mother and son time. Finding Mystique. But hearing Sable's last words as he does fall for right so she was talking about her mom falling for someone mm. oh no i think that's just a trap to have him in his head i don't think so i don't i don't know especially with the way that she the way they each close the conversation about how she's holding her gun or or in sight of her helmet and saying not if i find you first and he's like oh she's falling for me like this is in your head making you think or second think Certain things that are going on, but we'll see. We'll see. Mystique thinks she's in Bavaria. And she's running from someone. Yeah, they have your scent, they have my scent, and here are the hounds. Oof. The hounds of hell, says Farrell. What? Yes. Nightcrawler's like, hey, 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 friends, I know you. Yeah, no. Dagger, Farrell, come on now. You cannot appeal to our humanity. We've been, we're not being controlled. We've been changed. Yes. The things in our brain, what matters, has been altered. And it's also interesting that they know that. Yeah, they're aware and they have no ability to fight it. Cloak, also in on this hunt, turned into a hound as well. Mm, Cloak was missing, but no more. Yeah. Swallowing up Nightcrawler and going for Mystique as the Hope Sword comes through his body. And it's interesting how the Hope Sword de-hounds him? question mark somehow kind of but doesn't seem really so dehounds him in the sense that it, it separates that technology from him mystique shoots him in the brain with a gun and then they hide as the technology reanimates indeed Tyro tyrone's body comes back and uh everyone's been called away because though they have that scent they now have a new mission yeah they found three other mutants that they need to kill and make into hounds Okay, who are these other mutants? Do you know? Unnamed. Because why does that one basically look like Colossus? It is 100% Colossus. Uh, we'll see. Maybe they'll get names later on. But no, I think these are meant to just be other mutants. Which, yeah, it's it's maybe not the most yeah. followable right. thing to make him visually look exactly like another character that is in a comic this week. But then we learn. We learn that it is indeed... Our dear friend, Warlock. Right? So the Banff has a lot of insight onto this. He is able to go into the details about what happened 
at the end of Legion of X, the Legionnaires, the, the merging of Warlock and the technology and the way that that is now being used on their side to be the war paint of Orcus's techno-organic army. How dare you? That's... I said I wanted Warlock back, but not like this. Not like this, but this is great. Free Warlock. Hashtag free Warlock. That's my new campaign. The Krakoan for Uncanny Spider-Man. Pizza good, lynching bad. Ooh. Which is like, wow. Yikes, that's yeah. a title. Hey, right. uh, that took like all the fun and, and carefree adventures of Uncanny Spider-Man and was like, no, we're getting serious now. Yeah. Kurt is going to be, what, what did he say? At least momentarily... I don't, I don't remember exactly what he said. Kurt has transitioned to a serious face. Yeah. Jeez. This was geez. playing up the, the character beats, the entanglement between Nightcrawler and Silver Sable getting more serious. This team up between Nimrod and Tombs defining what they are to each other. And it certainly isn't equals as Nimrod Correct. makes that right. clear. I love the line of the close of angels. He sees himself as a god in this mm-hmm. analogy. Yeah. The mystique story building up. And the hounds taking full flight. Like I still really enjoy this title. I feel like we've got all our pieces set up, and now we're watching them play out. the The different threads are separate in their rising, and now are coming together because the characters are entangling further. Yeah, it has really good beats, really nice pacing. I like the development for all of the characters. We're getting closer and closer to Nightcrawler revealing to Mystique that he is who she is looking for this right. whole time. How does that not come up? Um, I know it's, it's hard because they keep on getting Yeah, they keep kind of getting distracted. distracted every time he's close to saying it. We're learning more and more about the Banff. The reveal of, of Warlock was just great. Yeah, heart like just seeing him in the tube and seeing him just oh my heart. I need my self friend back and I need him to be on the side of good and not be manipulated and I hope that he can and I don't know what will happen to him, but I knew he wasn't dead. I knew it. But is this better? Is this No. No. Is this better than Well it is know? and it isn't right? because because he's not the same time and thought that the ending was really good too. Great emotional writing right there. And I'd agree. I thought that, you know, just them having dealt with all this baggage they were carrying for so long and to have it out in this way, I thought it was really good. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It was a very type of mutant to be able to be resurrected. So it would be kind of sticky getting him back. Sure. But, you know, do I love him being tortured? No. No. Not really. Bruce 33 came for Nightcrawler finding himself, stayed for Silver Sable finding Nightcrawler. Mm. Which, yeah, that was... uh, it's a nice, it's a nice pairing, even though one wants to kill the other. Never, if it's not Sen, it's not for me. Blanchina's favorite sci work is Uncanny Spider-Man. It's so much fun, and he's loving the Phalanx Hounds. He wonders how Dark is going to end up because the new Hounds were at the embassy. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I would agree. I really am enjoying this title. Yeah, I'm excited to see what else happens. So I think this is of five. Plus, we have the one shot coming in. Mm, so we in have the a middle. couple. Yeah, yeah, we have a couple more issues left of this. Probably the most runway of any of the Fall of X stories. JP Dinomasso is getting super scared for all the mutant hounds. Like, what did Cloak and Dagger ever do? Right. Seriously, they've only just been mutant adjacent, and now they are in the thick of it. I think it's just they're around, right? Right. They're there. They're accessible. They're captured and then turned. Edward III thinks Kurt's story is really enjoyable. Love the work versus personal aspect of him and Sable. 
and would love to see Kurt continue as a solo hero in some ways. It's great seeing him be Spidey. And I think that that kind of connects to what we were talking about. Was it last issue of this where like I didn't want the story to end mm-hmm. and maybe it doesn't and maybe it ends like this arc of it. But Kurt continues to find his way to be a fun loving superhero in a sense, but still like fearing the the connections to the greater threats. Yeah, I mean, I liked I think in the beginning he felt more Spidey and now he feels more like Kurt on the run, which sure. I like as like yeah. a transition. So I don't know that he needs to stay a Spidey for me, but I wouldn't mind him having solo series that continues. I just like the Spidey. Element. I know. I want this as an action figure, and the more times it's in a book, the more <laughs> chances I have to getting that. Curls, pointing out how Cloak seems to be a cool opposite of Kurt. Wish they would have explored that more, right? Mm. So this like kind of even even the darkness that Tyrone always fights with and the light that Kurt seems to espouse because of his faith, because of who he is, because of the way he treats people. I think that would have been a cool dichotomy of these two characters if they had done it. Yeah. She also goes on to say, Warlock's back, but at what cost? How are you taking it, Alicia? Mixed emotions, girl. Mis- mixed emotions. I-, I love it and I hate it at the same time. But I also want, like... I want justice for Warlock. I want Warlock to just just break free and destroy them all. Yes. Yes, (sighs) we all want that. Jai Rivera, wondering why Toombs hired Sable Incorporated in the first place if he had access to Warlock and the Hounds. And I think that's what we were talking about earlier. Right, he said they weren't ready. Yeah, he was still kind of troubleshooting, making sure. Because if he had done it when they wanted him to, they would not have performed adequately. Right. That whole side of the project would have been scrapped. And they wouldn't have this new techno-advanced mutant hound like so many years ahead of itself. Insanity. Yeah, it's crazy. Vaderino said, honestly, Cloak and Dagger have never looked better. Love this design. (laughs) I do. I really, I mean, the hound designs are cool. They are. I mean, sorry for all Dagger looks sick. She does. And like the dark glowing of her limbs Mm -hmm. and her, her chest piece and... A.M. Friedrich calling out that Uncanny Spider-Man continues to be awesome. I know I've said this before, but is Orcus killing humans yet? They continue to find more mutants and yet no exponentially increasing slaughter fest, Mm. which is interesting. I thought that that was a good call out, right? So they made these threats at the beginning. That was X weeks ago, Mm -hmm. you know, months, apparently, according to Domino and Laura's conversation. Yeah. And I haven't seen any dead humans. No. Not that they would publish that or put that anywhere, that maybe they're doing it off to the side. Well, they also, though, like, they probably want the mutants to make hounds. So, like, they're not, and these, the hounds that they're using are not, quote unquote, like, high level mutants that they're really worried about, you know? Sure, sure. That was really interesting. I was looking through some past issues of X-Men Red and Magneto's dying words and the fact that he literally calls Charles out and says what he ends up doing. Like he will martyr us because he will be given a choice and he will choose other. And and it's like to read those couple panels Mm. and to see Charles hanging his head in the background, like it is exactly what he did at the Hellfire Gala. Yeah. Which is funny because, you know, that's the writer knowing where it's going. Right. And seeding that there. But like to read it in retrospect. But that's what that's that's what Magneto saw coming. You know, like we all saw it coming. Charles doesn't have a clear picture of. No, he just wants everybody to be friends. Right. Stasis is not your friend, guy. Sorry. (laughs) Nah. It is time to let the fire be fire. 
X-Men Red. Yeah, let the fire. Dun, dun, dun. Do you know that's from? No. It, I don't know if it's actually from X-Men number one, but it's the conversation. It reminds me of the conversation between Vulcan and, and Wolverine when he's grilling up the burgers. And it's like, you want the burger to be on fire, but what? You expect the fire to not be fire? Mm. And, and it's always just... Vulcan's mo of just like let the fire out, like let the mm. let the rage of the inside be consuming. Let's talk about that cover. I mean, it's great. It's epic. Apocalypse is clutching the planet Araco or yeah. the Mars or whatever it is in his hands. Planet Araco. Yeah. Here we go. Page turn noise. Ooh, this was one of the preview pages that I just could not stop. Obsessing over. Oh, this was a preview page? Yes, it was. Wow. It was, it's the first page, too. You know, it was the the headline of the preview pages. Ooh. With the So I posted this image without the text box, mm. which I thought was, even still, I felt questionable about posting it because it's a huge. It's pretty big. Right? And the, no indication narratively that Vulcan was coming back, except right. for the fact that, well, you Well, know, you kind of guessed it. Sure. That's because I'm good like that. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> Don't let it go to your head, Am sir. I to be your death? No. No. I'm Heck getting no. rid of this idea of... Beyond such things. Let the fire be fire. You're you're all elements, actually. It's So there is... Actually, I'll, I'll get into that later when we see it. Ah. So, harnessed and bound by my will, though. You can be fire, but you're my fire. Right, right. Don't get it twisted. I like that. I feel like he's the only one. Right. Because well, he's, he's the only volatile one who can't, one be, that, yeah. can't be... Uh, expected to do or can be expected to do whatever he wants everyone else sees apocalypse knows what he means when he is doing a thing and will follow him for the good of mutant kind gabriel summers doesn't care what other mutants or other people want right. or need he just wants what he wants but apocalypse is like i need you so you're gonna be you're gonna do what i need you to do yeah i'm collecting my elements and storm is she to be the heir no Storm is the magic. She is not a mere ingredient. Storm is the ingredient. Storm yeah. is the thing. Yeah. So who do we have? Who is here? Who's on our team? We don't know yet. Oh, yeah, we do. I mean, yeah, we do, but we don't. But it's a title page. Rebirth and Retribution. The Avatar of Life, written by Al Ewing, art by Yuladre Sinar, colors Federico Blee, letters Ariana Maher. He sees Ariana Maher. Stefano Caselli and Jesus Abertov on the amazing cover of Apocalypse Revelation. Broad recap of where things are in our big war, how mutants are being shuttled to Shi'ar space while many others are being captured and enslaved. Yes, we have this little essentially refugee camp because... It seems that Genesis has taken over much of the planet. This line about her readying her final assault across Sabunar's sea. Yeah, and, it's, and, uh, it's coming to a head. And Uranus is like, okay, Storm. Let's go. You Am ready to in? use me yet? No. Ironfire, he's got some things. This view of necessity. Pull the trigger and end this. Genesis and her forces can't be reasoned with. We lost all the strength we need to do what we need to get done. What I also think is interesting is that, okay, he's like, you might think Annihilation is controlling Genesis, but Genesis is controlling Annihilation. Yeah. And like, I, she wants this. He is the only one with reasoned mind who has seen her up close the longest, right? Mm -hmm. So he's, he's been a part of the 100s army, had been there, 
had only recently been let go from that army mm-hmm. and then saw her march onto and then take over Blue and the White Sword. Yeah. But Storm's not, she's not interested. Yeah, watch she's your not. mouth, Iron Fire. She's like, you know what? Fine. How about this? How about I destroy the freaking box? Yeah. I'm going to burn it up. I mean, that's a great, that's a great use of it. Your choice. I hope you don't regret it. Yeah. I mean, that, I feel like that's what backs Storm as a good and compassionate leader. A hundred percent. she would not want to reverse, to, to use the same genocide that was used on her, this, this blind killing mm-hmm. Yeah. Of anyone who aligns with someone. Like that's, right. That's not the right way to go. Right. That was not the answer. That was genocide. Yeah, well. So Iron also, Fire's going to go do his own thing. I mean, so I think that the speech is really great for him. It was genocide, sure, but also freedom. Like, we are going to die because Genesis is coming. I mean, obviously, he doesn't know that Apocalypse right, is here right. with another. But so the way he sees the cards on the, t- the, cards on the table, this is... Or was the only option that right. we had to turn the tide. He's like, you killed us all. Good job. I'm going to do just go yell at Genesis right. and the white sword by myself. I'll then. just go stab people on my own. How's Nova doing? Not well. He's, <laughs> he's very clearly visibly dying, but somehow still alive because of the Nova force. But he's he's retreated into the darkest, the deepest corners of yeah. his mind. He sacrificed himself so that Aurora could do what was necessary. He knew there'd be no button to press. And then who's here? Apocalypse is here. Apocalypse, he's here. It's not my name anymore. My name is... It's it's Revelation, even though everybody's calling him... As as you remind us. (laughs) That's what Storm calls him. Yeah. A, right? Is is this Genesis' last play? He's unarmed, so I don't trust it. Apocalypse, to be fair, is always armed, uh, you know, he yeah. might ha- his not whole have self a sword, is but he can, he can turn his hand into a sword. He Let's has complete uh, control over his genetics. Let's talk about death for a second. Papa. Death has uh, switched sides here. Yeah. Officially. Officially. In love here. with Storm. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, or respecting their rules of battle. In love with Storm. It's, it's like in love with Storm. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if that ever comes to be. And he tells he tells his father, listen, I'm here, but I had to kill my sister to do it. You know, you impress me. You're the only one of my children that is at least on the road to standing being up good. for yourself. Right. You're still not there yet. You're not going to be included in my secret magic group, but I respect you. This world needs and deserves more than she offers. It needs magic. It needs you. Yeah. So Apocalypse has his perspective, his stance. He's not in this fight. But he's not watching it consume Arako. He's not just going to stand on the sidelines as you all tear each other apart. Mm-hmm. I need you all to do what I know you can do, what I have seen you all be able to do, what I've been seeking since you know we later get a flashback shot of him in early Excalibur, mm-hmm. knowing the potential of mutant magic and what it could do. Indeed. But first, we're out in the Morrowlands and the General White Sword. Serving his queen. Ironfire's like, you ain't nothing without your sword anyway. Yeah, I'm here to challenge your dwindling numbers of 99 and chopping through left and right as he annihilates. 98? Yeah. 97? He's playing. 96? Uh, bottles of beer on the wall as who, he just smashes each who one. Who wants to be 95? Like an auctioneer inside. So this page. This page as the group, I can't remember who said it, but Bill on Twitter pointed it out that this is 
physicalization of a data page from Excalibur. Mm. This image, this circle and the points of people around it, this is the mutant magic that Apocalypse was building towards. Mm. His grimoire, his, all of the work that he'd been doing off to the side since that start. Which I think was really interesting and really cool. What I think I want to... I don't necessarily want to talk about it right at this moment, but I want to bring up the fact that we know what is formed from this, okay? And we know that at the end of this, Apocalypse says to Genesis, like, raise your... Storm says to Genesis. Oh, yes. Okay, so raise raise your island. Isn't Redroot essentially Arako? No, Redroot's... Uh... Red Root's an individual in the same way that like Doug is the voice of Krakoa. Red Root Got was it. the voice of Arako. But now is one with Sunfire. Seemingly, yes. Yes. And, and inseparable in a way. That's why Sunfire is able to play the the ground. The earth. The earth, yep. As you know, some stretching into the roles. Oh my god, they're literally Captain Planet. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> Vulcan is not happy. He's like being dragged in. I'm a fire, but I don't want to be here, and I'm gonna freaking kill you I'll all. Kill everybody once I'm done with this. <laughs> and Classic Vulcan. Apocalypse is like places. People, we have some cool stuff to do. This freaking this page. Spread. Ooh, responding to Genesis's first move and awakening Arako, but with a leveled up response in mutant magic. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. I don't know that I 100% understand the end and where we go with this this now kaiju mountain uh, kaiju island and getting ready like who That's is That's Krakoa. Sure, but how is Krakoa coming from like they're on Arako right now? How they, are they, they raising They reborn him. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't know either. It's just cool. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that you do. I'm just pointing out that I don't and I still have questions about it, but this is like Al Ewing Doing, doing magic with the way that he assembles these pages of all this past comic panels. Okay, and what's with the tomatoes, though? Those are apples. Those are apples? Those are tomatoes. I think those are apples. Those are tomatoes. Are they apples? What? Okay, if, okay then what's with the apples? I still don't <laughs> get it. It's life and fire and... You know, he's making a collage. It's a lot of apples. <laughs> you know, he just, he opened up Photoshop and he said, speak to me. This melding of energies as they're all coming to this place. They're all becoming one. And we see the other side. Genesis mm-hmm. just kind of grandstanding, talking about how awesome she is and how, how great things are going to be as your guy on the side is shouting for your attention. Uh, Genesis, something's coming. I can feel it coming. It's Something that large. Something is big and it's not going to be great for us. And it's already here. There it is. Kaorak. Oh, wow. Okay, dyslexia. I full on read Krakoa. No, that's why, <laughs> you know, like, yes, it looks in some way like Krakoa. It ha- it just, oh is God. this a different, honestly, it looks like Man-Thing. It does look like and someone thing. points that out in the comments, but it just it looks 100% like man thing with some mountainous acne. Wow. I really read Krakoa. Mm. I won't lie. Yeah. Raise your island and fight storm in the eye of this island. I don't I don't understand you know who is this? Where it came from? Is this just a new creation using some of the the land and the spirit of the land with these different elements that they're able to do? Or it's all of them together. Right, right. Like 
Well, that was, I think it's Vaderino's that's his like Q Power Ranger theme song. Right. Which, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It is the, the giant Megazord of, so I just said, let's go. Apocalypse in with the Hail Mary. Let's look at the, the expression on Genesis's that's face, though. Fear. She is a scared. That's great. You love to see For it. For the first time, Which she's is, like, yeah. ooh, shoot. Yeah. What's that calling? Last Stand. Ooh, I think a classic that might be, X-Men title. I think that might be the last issue of X-Men Red. Forever? I mean, until another volume. I think this volume is going to be ending because then Al will be switching to Resurrection of Magneto. Oh, man. What'd you think? I mean, obviously, it was great. Obviously. I mean, it's just, we've all been saying, like, we've been waiting for a while, right, for Storm to have her moment, and then she just keeps getting them. She just keeps being the reason. She is the thing. Storm, storm, storm. She is the magic. She is. She is the glue that holds us all together. And we love her for it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. I don't know what it is. Hopefully, we get a little bit more context next issue, but I'm here for it. Yeah. I love it. I think it's funny that Vulcan is being held against his will and forced to work with people he hates. Yeah. Ola Anthony was blown away by X-Men Red. Just spectacular. Mm -hmm. Steve Bednaz loves, A, being the daddy of mutant kind. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And he's here. He's the savior. He's here. Doggy Paddling wants to know why Koarak and not the much better on so many levels Kerouac. <laughs> it's like, yeah, absolutely. He also called out, why does he look like man thing? I don't know. Blonde China calling out Storm for pulling up like, hey, I heard you running your mouth. I'm outside, hope. Genesis for their island. Yes. I freaking love Blonde China Genesis so much. was shaking, LOL. I can't believe they're wrapping up crying emojis. I know. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just, I'm glad that it has the runway to do it. Mm-hmm. To know that it's going to end with almost like a full year of ability to bring things up, bring them together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is definitely sad. JP Didomaso is ready for the giant island kaiju fight. How do we think it'll play out? Also, death with daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> but how does Genesis do what Apocalypse did? You know, if, if Genesis doesn't understand mutant magic the way and doesn't have like all of those elements, like how does she raise up her island? Right. Can she? Right. You know, I think it's uh, it's a little bit further down. Darren is just a teacher wondering if Storm pulled A to the side and was like, you know, your wife already did the island kaiju thing. Not to this extent, for sure. Right. But, but she did resuscitate Arako in a way that mm-hmm. was this is the response to that action. Mm-hmm. So but in a real like mutant strength kind of way. Right. And Apocalypse saying, like, I'm not in this fight. Like, dude, aren't you, you inside you that guy? You did it. Like, you, you in there. You You're part it. of that. You're the water, man. That guy walks like Apocalypse. <laughs> like, he, you flip back a couple pages when people are like, Apocalypse is here. That's the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> same dude. Matty Bond normally grumbles when writers create new characters for books because it annoys me. We already have dozens of underserved characters to go about making new ones who are only going to appear in one run and that's it. But as X-Men Red comes to an end, I'm getting stressed at the thought of not reading these Iraqi characters each month. Mm. I don't want Araco to go away. What do you guys think will happen post Krakoa era? And I just like, honestly, when... Judgment Day happened and they wiped out all those mutants or mm-hmm. they sent some to space. And now this war and all the death and casualty, you know, Arako itself, the the gift that was Arako from Ten of Swords to just be an endless creation of new mutants and, and visibly mutated mutants with just wild backstories. And I feel like 
was never used to its full extent. And I am feeling 100% what Maddie Bond's talking about. Like, what's going to happen to Korra? I feel like... Not Korra. What's going to happen to Kobok? I just feel like they, that they're not all just going to disappear. And this idea of like this dystopian mutant scattered everywhere. Like, I think Araka will still exist you in some entity. The planet? I don't know if it will be the planet, but I think Arako and the mutants of Arako will still be in existence. I don't think they're going to be wiped out. I think there might still be a place in space for them. Interesting. It, it is interesting. I'm not sure. I don't know how that works or, or how you manage that. I just think it might be, it's going to be difficult to manage all that. And I don't know if they're going to do it. Well, they but, better not. No, they don't wipe them out. That's rude. That, that is 100% rude. Galetta Grafico wants to know what's going to happen to Nova, Sunfire, Redroot, Firestar. Ah, questions. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, yeah. I don't I'm know. interested. I'm interested in the Nova thing because it's there's got to be a reason that and, they're that 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 is a key point in the story. You yeah, know? and he is not a mutant, right? You know, he is a Marvel capital M character mm-hmm. that is surprisingly taking an L in a mutant book. So I just feel like it has to have some importance, like some somehow he's going to play a role because the fact that he's there but he's still deep in his mind like i don't know i just feel like you don't just leave a character like that if if anything you would have just killed him at that point yeah edward the third calling out how amazing was red so glad to see a new take on the horseman and that ending is storm controlling it did she raise it via that spell can't wait for the next issue mm-hmm. those are the questions that we have right how is this right. operating who is involved in this? It, was it just the magical spell of resurrection or creation to channel this person together, this creature together? Well, yeah, there's two angles to think about. Is it that all of these thing, all of these mutants came together to form this, a la Power Rangers, or is it that their powers created this? You know, like there's those are two different things. So I, it is interesting to see which of it will be true yeah we'll only find out as we continue on i'm like quickly going through excalibur right now to see if i can find the original data page that mirrors that design but it's not happening curls was entirely too excited for thoughts to be coherent but x-men red is absurd all caps (laughs) go off al clapping hands Yeah. yeah yeah he really is and we're we're so grateful to have him usher in this close to this title and we're like hey al stick around yeah you know take the helm (laughs) we're here for it what do you want to do next because we're following you rufio connor calling out x-men red is finally good again i mean i i heard it from a lot of people those couple of issues leading up to this point in the war Mm. it was a lot and it was very different from the pace and build of x-men red before i'd agree it's great interesting yeah yeah the pikachu is thinking about the future could Koorak be teleported to a new planet that the mutants terraform? Mm. Could they continue further? Because we know that Sword at some point was looking for other planets to terraform. Maybe. Interesting. That would be great. Here for it. A.M. Friedrich says, while kind of silly, I'm excited by the possibility of the war on Araco being solved by a giant island kaiju fight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not silly at all. It is my childhood dream of... <laughs> Crazy monsters fighting. Yeah. But I do but I do understand that like that is a little bit like it's not the actual 
war that's gonna do the winning it's this other like secondary fight that's just like boop okay ready set whoever wins this but that is very Iraqo, right Right. the challenge of two beings fighting to the death right that's it for the week oh snap we've got a stacked week next week. that's concerning we've got a justin has to figure out how to pull these comics next week okay Maybe, you know, I so we're not sure what next issues or what next week's episode will look like. Yeah. Uh, as as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Alicia will be having surgery this week and we're not going to rush anything for the sake of comics. It's yeah. Just yeah. Not it's, priorities I mean, in play. It's not. Yeah. Like there'll be time for me to read. But like my uh, energy and desire my pain to... tolerance my yeah my energy level like all of those things might we might have to take a pause we'll we, see we just we just don't know yep but in in the hopes that we are able to do an episode slash anyway we're gonna read the comics what is coming next week astonishing iceman number four okay of five okay and i included in this week's lineup the of however mm. many because a lot of them are closing but there's one more after of Astonishing Iceman. Alpha Flight, four of five. Okay. Uncanny Avengers, four of five. Okay. Jean Grey, four of four. Mm, the, final the final Jean, Jean Grey. Grey. Children of the Vault, four of four. Ooh. Sadness. Final Adventures of Cable and Bishop. Dark X-Men, four of five. Eee, I don't want that one to end. Mm, me neither. I'll also be getting Superior Spider-Man, and we'll see about Immortal Thor. Storm makes an appearance I don't know if I feel like I need to pick it up. Mm. Uh, it's Al, but I'm not reading Immortal Thor, and the internet's going to tell me what happened. Yeah, they will. I mean, the, the preview pages basically told me what happened. E. But we'll see. Overall, great week. Great week. Solid week, fun week, tons of great times. Mm-hmm. Until next time, old friend. Ch-ch-ch-charles. We'll betray us all. Charles. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.